So you've been training, you've been in camps, you've been at that elite level now throughout Europe. You were in Poland throughout the year, Sevilla as well. What is it like in Spain training with other elite athletes? Are you with other Irish uh, runners or is it an international group that you're over with? Yeah, there's a few of us here. Um, there's a couple of other Irish lads trained by Rob Heffernan here with me. Um, and uh, the opportunity just kind of came up a few weeks ago that there was a group going and I s- says, you know, I, I was offered to go and I said I'd like to go and then things worked out that uh, work allowed me to go and work from here and all the rest. So um, so that's, that's how it is. Yeah, it's a very good spot for training like we're at. It's, uh, it's a small town called Guadix in Spain. It's about a thousand meters of altitude up towards the Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, you know, nice weather, not not too hot now or anything like this time of year or at this altitude, but it's uh, very good for training. Like. Would this be your first time training at an altitude camp? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's the first time I've really gone on any kind of a camp. Um, this is kind of moderate enough altitude, about a thousand meters, so it'd be kind of, um, it'd be a good way to start. Like, uh, you know, some people might be going up to like 6,000 feet or 10,000 feet, which is very high. Like, you'd, you don't feel it that badly here. Um, but I'd say if you went much higher, you would be you would be feeling it in the breathing and everything, um, the, the, the thin air, you know. Does it make a, a huge difference when you come back then into competitive racing? Do you see it against other competitors that you may have raced with or, or against seeing them, how they've trained at very high levels, not just at the elite level, but also altitude? They've been, have, have a lot more of that experience under their belt. Is that noticeable within the sport? Um, hopefully now I'll get a good kick off this, this, this time now. Um, you would see it sometimes like um, people come back from training camps uh, very fit, like, but uh, it's probably as much to do with how hard they worked as the fact that they were at altitude. Like you can get um, you can get very fit at sea level too. I think like, I think it's mostly about the work you're doing. But um, maybe once you get to a very high elite level, and you're looking for the extra few percent, it probably is helpful to go up to. Um, up to altitude or go on some kind of a just somewhere to isolate yourself and concentrate completely on the on the training and everything like that away from the distractions at home I think that's as helpful as anything to a lot of people maybe when they're training for a, a big a big event it's not your first time this year in Spain if I'm correct in reading that you had a personal yeah. best earlier in the year in the south of Spain tell me about that Hugh so that was the Seville Marathon or Sevilla Marathon in February of this year. It was actually just before the world changed very much with COVID. Um, at the end of February, we were, that was like a mass race, a marathon, but it was uh, 2.12.26 was the time I ran. It was my second marathon. I debuted in Dublin in um, October 2019 and ran 2.14. And then I ran 2.12.26 in Seville, with the Olympic standard being two eleven thirty, so I was, I was kind of on course to run that for a lot of that race, but just the last few miles were fairly tough, and I went to went just that few seconds outside it. But um, then after that, then when everything that happened with COVID and everything, and the Olympic Games being postponed, um, it was 
good for me in one way that it gives me another opportunity to have a go at a marathon this this year now to try and try and get that time again and get that get that extra minute I need to to qualify. Um, but having said that, it looks like a lot of races being cancelled this year again too. So and I'm hoping to get something in January and February in the in the new year. But it's 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 hard enough to get a race these days. Is that the major issue within the sport as well? Hard to organise, hard to get different competitors in the same city to go and compete in a race, just like I suppose it has been for, for a lot of other sports as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's there's a lot of organised, like, um, I think definitely the big city marathons are gone. Like with the mass participation, maybe just kind of elite races, maybe something like London Marathon, we're able to have that race on a two kilometer lapped course in the park in London that'd be have to be something like that. Um Valencia is going ahead with a marathon in next month actually in December. Um I think it's a similar just an elite field in a lapped course. Um then there's a lot of other big races that have been cancelled but uh, um yeah we're just hoping that one of the it'd be great if Seville went ahead again just the fact that I know it and ran it last year uh, or this year. It's in the calendar for February of 2021 again, but it's um, it's I haven't heard anything back from the race organisers or anything about whether it's going ahead or if, if I can be in the race or not. It's just uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to know at the moment what you're training, but it's hard to know what hard to know what, what you're training for. Well, you, you know what you're training for, but not, not an exact date like in the calendar would be nice. Does that make it a lot more difficult to motivate yourself if you don't have the exact races in concrete ahead of you mapped out in a calendar? It does, yeah. I think certainly during the first lockdown, we'd say in March, April, May, it was fairly hard uh, when everything was cancelled. Um, then for a while there, things started to come back. Like we had the national championships then in I think August, and then I got to go to that um, world half marathon in Poland that you're talking about in October, and then getting over here now to um, Guadix has given me a bit of a lift again. So I don't I feel I don't feel like I'm lacking motivation at the moment. Like I like I I am training. I know I'm training for a marathon, and that I'll be racing one sometime in the early new year. Um, be nicer if you did have a definite date, but. But it's not it's not affecting me too much at the moment. I, I I'm grateful that you know I have the opportunity to have another shot at the Olympic qualifying this year. So that's uh that's uh, you have to look at the positives of that as well. And what is it that is needed then to qualify for Tokyo throughout the year? You need to run in how many more races? Um, probably just well, it depends how fa- faster. So that time. I spoke about earlier two eleven thirty. If if I run that, I'd have the time. But then um, it's only when they go there. There's three athletes per country, is what it is. And there's three Irish athletes have already ran that time. They're actually three fellas all from Belfast, actually. But um, because there's three at Irishmen that already have the time. If I ran it, then I'd be a fourth. So then it would come down to kind of a selection of which would be the three that they'd send. So then that might involve, um, I'm not sure how, if they're all detailed in the selection policy, different things like um, current form or who had the fastest time or, um, you know, head-to-head record between 
between the athletes in the past number of years and things like that had come into it. Um, the other the other lads, like one of them has ran two oh nine and two of them have ran two ten something, so you might have to you know, the two eleven thirty mightn't be good enough, you might have to run two ten thirty we'll say to to be able to say that you had a faster time than one of the other fellas right now. You mentioned the other Irish athletes are based in Belfast. You're one of the few uh, marathon runners from this county here in Mayo, but you're not the first. Uh, Frank Greeley, who's in the Bellina Athletics Club, your club as well, Hugh, he also ran for Ireland. Uh, does that have some sort of importance to you as well, representing the county, representing Bellina Athletics Club also? Yeah, I know Frank, yeah. He's from Ballyhonas. He's, um, he, he still has the... Irish junior record for 10k on the track. I think he ran 30-17 and that's going back to sometime in the 1970s so that's a record that stood the test of time and he, same as myself, went to college in America. Um, so uh, yeah, he's a, he's a very nice man, Frank, and he's he's um, he was the editor for the Irish Runner magazine for years too so he would I would have um, done interviews with him and often met him at races and things um, so it's good to have another Mayo man there that has, has ran for Ireland like, and uh, I think he's happy to see uh, myself out there now <laughs> I think when I ran when I ran the Eurocross a few years ago I, I was the first uh, Mayo man on that team since him so it was uh, it was good it was about time I suppose that there'll be another Mayo man running in the distance races for Ireland. It does seem to be quite the the gap in time but thankfully it has ended with yourself yeah. as well. It's a, a nice circuitous route. Just on your experience in America Hugh, you went to Rhode Island to go to studying in university. You were captain of the athletics yeah. club there as well for a time. What was that experience like? Uh, it was great, yeah. I went um, so I finished school I went to the same school as yourself obviously in 2013 in Gurtner Abbey and then um, got the offer as I was in my leaving cert year to go out to um, Providence College Rhode Island which is um, where Ray Tracy is the head coach brother of John Tracy so there's a good tradition of Irish athletes going there like I knew I knew about the place and everything um, so I went out there I ended up spending six years out there in the end because there's you do four I did four years on the team, like um, undergraduate, and then I did another two years doing a master's, uh, just because I liked it so much, I suppose. But um, yeah, it was a great experience. You get exposed to a great level of competition out there, um, much better than you would at home, and it's all everything paid for for you too. Like um, you get all your all your training gear and your food and your school books and your your um, room and board in the college and everything paid for and then uh, you know you have a great group of athletes to train with too that are kind of at similar level to yourself or when you go out there first like there'll be loads of athletes better than yourself you know to help bring you on I think I think um, spending time out there in Providence brought me on an awful lot as an athlete and I think uh, I have to be very thankful to Ray for having me where I am today um, and Ray is actually still my coach even though I'm been back for over a year now. Ray is still training me from. He still sends me my training schedule over from America. So I have to be very thankful to Ray. So was it a personal relationship that brought you over to Rhode Island, or was it something that you had your heart set in stone for for some time? Um, 
Not hugely, no. Um, it's not something I w- was really like um, dreaming about or had a, had a goal of doing. It was just um, it was just when I got the offer that I kind of started to seriously consider. You know, this sounds like a great option, a great opportunity, and I decided to do it. Uh, with the way the recruiting works, like they'd be, um, you know, they'd be looking at results from. Uh, different like states in America, or maybe even some different countries. Especially um, with Ray being an Irish coach, he'd be um, he'd he'd have a long history of recruiting Irish athletes over there. So I suppose he would have been looking at the results. Um, and my coach from home, who I was working with at the time, was Dermot McDermott from Sligo, and he he would have contacted Ray as well around that time, or maybe a few other American colleges too. Just um, Saying you know he had this athlete, Hugh Armstrong. You know, would you would you be interested in taking him or that that kind of thing? Uh, that's how it worked out for me, really. Um, which I was lucky. That was the only offer I had from America was Providence, but I think I got got myself to a very good spot. Making a, such a big change from Knockmore, going to school yeah. at Abbey <laughs> to going over to America on a, an athletic scholarship. What was that experience like? Was it really just something like jumping off the deep end before you got accustomed and up to speed to the American level? Um, it was a bit, no, yeah. Um, a lot of ways, like, it was very different, like, culturally and uh, athletically and everything else. Like, uh, I remember out there first, like, and I had a very strong Mayo accent, no one understanding me rightly, and, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, even just the level of racing and that I remember the first race I ran out there and um, finishing like way back the field like you know and and then you know realizing geez I have to get an awful lot better here now in order to be able to compete over here you know when you just kind of as in junior in Ireland you're just starting to think you're you're kind of good like you know that you're 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 up there and winning medals at the All Islands and that but then when you go there you realize you know, I'm not that good. I need to, I need to get an awful lot better here to, to be able to, to make it. Like, but thankfully, over time, I did improve um, throughout the four years there. And I think you have to remember, too, that when you go out there at 18, there's fellas that are 22 or 23 that have been doing it for four or five years racing against you, too. So that is a big step up as well, because at home, you're you're always within your own age group and everything like that. In a sport of marathon running, is it typical to come into your peak around the above the age of 30 or has it changed in recent times? Are we expecting to see faster runners at younger ages nowadays? Um, yeah, I think for definitely for the distance running, like the marathon, there is that kind of accumulation of having run miles in your legs and training. And I think a lot of, a lot of the um, top marathon runners peak over the age of 30. A lot of a lot of runners actually would maybe not even run a marathon until they're over 30. They might spend spend their 20s running track races like 5Ks and 10Ks. So I was, when I ran that marathon at 25, you know, that was fairly young to be running a marathon, a lot of people might say. But um, I proved that I was well able to do it at the same time. So, um, yeah, hopefully I'll... I'll have a few more years of improvement in me in the marathon and that I'll, I'll be able to uh, able to, to, to reach my peak in a, a few years' time. Um, like you see some, even there's another male woman there, Sinead Diver, running for Australia, and she's 
I think she's 42 now and she's still running what would be close to Irish records, even though it's she she doesn't have them because she's competing for Australia. But she's um, she's shown that uh, you, you can still be competitive into the later years in the marathon. Would you have met Sinead often in runs or is it just something you watch her from afar? Yeah, I know. I don't think I've ever met her, no, um, because she didn't start running until she was living in Australia. So I never would have met her on the Irish circuit at all, actually. Um, she's been over and ran like London Marathon and things like that. Um, but I've never I've never met her at a race, like, but maybe hopefully in, in Tokyo next year if we're, if we're both there. We, I have a bit of work to do first, though. <laughs> You'll be able to have somebody in Tokyo to understand your Mayo accent, at least. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's Bill Muller. Yeah. And on that as well, you're building up, so you're in Spain at this training camp, Hugh. In Sevilla, I presume, if there was going to be another race in February, it would be of quite a high level, considering its proximity to Africa. Would there be a lot of other African marathon runners in Spain at this time of year as well, preparing for the Sevilla Marathon? Um, there would be, yeah, like when I ran it last year, um, even though I ran that 2.12, um, which was actually, I was 35th in the race, but that was actually, I think, 11th on the Irish all-time list. So that'll, that'll show you like the level of um, competition that was in that race. I think it was running... One and two or four, and you know there, there would have been a lot of athletes from East Africa and North Africa, places like Morocco and Kenya and Ethiopia in the in the field. You know, it was very very strong field, like because um, as I was saying earlier, like the in the, if you go to a world championship or Olympics, you only get three per country. So there, there was there was even more of the East African athletes in a race like that in a in a major marathon, and. Um, I don't know. Um, like, there'll be some. There'll be some of them here on training camps too, or maybe some of them will be in their home countries. But once there be an elite race on, um, like Seville or like Valencia next month, then they'd all come, especially for the race from different countries, like um, all over Europe and Africa and America and everywhere really, because there's so few elite marathons on this year. Especially, there'd be there'd be all anxious to get in the race once they hear uh, a good race is going on, you know. And for the countries in Europe as well, looking at Turkey, they have naturalised Kenyans who are running for them. Is that something that is viewed poorly <laughs> upon in the racing world in Europe? Um, you do hear some people complaining about it. It's not something that bothers me too much, really. Um, I think, like... Um, I don't like see. It's hard to not you. I don't know the individual cases of each of the athletes. Um, like maybe some of them have gen genuine cases of some kind of um, connection to Turkey. Like uh, like we've had a lot of Irish soccer players born in England. We'll say like or even a few Irish athletes that were born abroad. So I I don't I don't know. I just um, I think sometimes you hear. The European athletes kind of complain a bit about it, but maybe there is some uh, to be com- you know complaining that maybe they cannot win a medal at European at Europeans because there was some Kenyan-born Turkish athlete beat them or that kind of thing. But um, I suppose they just have to realize that you know they 
they've just a good chance to win as they do, you know. And especially I suppose when, when <laughs> yeah, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Um, no, I, I was just saying, like, uh, it's, it's not something that would um, bother me too much, you know. Finally, Hugh, before I let you go, uh, you're from Knockmore, as I mentioned, county champions in football, and <laughs> looking at the the class that you were in, you were yearmate of Conor Loftus, who's playing for the Mayo team. <laughs> Have you been able to keep up with the Mayo matches through GAA Go during your elite training camp in Spain? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had GAA Go all the time when I was in America, and I've been watching the matches here too. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed watching that kind of final last week, watching uh, Mayo win it and indeed watching Knockmore win the county title a couple of months ago. Uh, good to see Connor too playing midfield and um, Kevin McLaughlin there, a club mate of mine, was playing too. So um, hopefully now um, we'll be able to win the final or not win the semi, get to the final, beat Cork or, or, or Tip or whoever it is. There's actually a few Cork lads here on the, um, on the camp with me so it could be interesting if it's a Mayo versus Cork semi-final in a few weeks. We'll be watching it together here. Yeah, hopefully the relations will stay good. Uh, Hugh, thank, yeah. you, thank you very much for, for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show and I wish you the very best of luck over in Spain and, and hopefully getting a few more races before the end of the year. Yeah, thanks very much, Cleveland. Yeah, Thanks for having me on.